1: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by
0: insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to a Baseball America podcast. I'm Hudson Polinski. Joining me, Josh Norris. We're, in the, we're not in the old podcast nook. We're in the conference room. Uh, today we're going to talk uh, about the, the trip we just came back from. Uh, we were in Tampa, Josh checking out some pro games down there, and I was at the East Coast Pro, one of the uh, premier scouting events for the amateur uh, summer showcase circuit. And we'd be remiss if we did not say we were joined by the greatest intern named Brent, uh,
1: Brent Dravallis, the Brenturn, the Cub, who has now returned to his homeland of in-
0: Illinois. It, it was uh it was a good week for for us It was a good week to have Brent down there It was a lot of work we put in and uh figured we'd just talk a little bit about it today and um you know share it with you guys so Josh uh, I guess the format we'll do is just bounce back and forth between some of the high ceiling players we saw uh there's i know there's a few arms you liked down there and uh, got got eyes on a a promising young fella in the Red Sox system if you want to tell. Our listeners, a little bit about him.
1: Yes, I will tell tale of young Anderson Espinoza, whom I journeyed all the way to Sarasota from Tampa to see, and I got to see the rare GCL game played in an FSL stadium, because it had been raining and raining, and to my knowledge, it is still raining on the west coast of Florida. Um, And so they moved it from the little field to the big field, which was very nice. So it was me and about 10 of my friends watching Anderson Espinoza pitch against the GCL Orioles and he was fantastic. He's a 17-year-old who's listed as 6 foot 170, he's Venezuelan and he's got some really really good stuff. His fastball that day was up to 90 miles an hour or 98 miles an hour, up to 90 miles an hour, up to 98
0: miles an hour, which which would still be good for, for 17. 17, yeah.
1: <laughs> 98 is just a plus. Um and he it, it ran quite a bit to his arm side. Uh sometimes it didn't look like he could control it, but when he did, it was pretty nasty and unhittable. he got the first two out of the game on two pitches, uh, which I actually kind of didn't want to see because I was hoping you wouldn't continue that pace and give me 12 pitches for four innings. That would have been a little useless. <laughs> um, he also showed off a curveball that when he hit it, it was a, a true 12-6 monster that just... not You're not going to hit it. I don't care if you're 17, 18, 22. Um, and then he had a changeup in there in the mid-80s. And you know, I, I thought that was pretty good too. Tom Kochman, their manager, said it was... Uh, more developed at this time than his curveball, but the fact that we have a 17-year-old that has anything of a changeup uh, in the GCL is kind of amazing. So he's he was ninth on our list of Red Sox prospects at midseason, and I feel bad that I didn't rank him higher.
0: Yeah, and that sort of raises the question. Uh, you said listed at six foot one, one seventy. Six foot one seventy. Oh. For the- He's not six foot 170 pounds. Right. Okay. Um, so but the, the short right-hander thing, that's, that's what's the natural uh, thing to bring up is that he's not six foot four. He's not a, a guy who, who looks the part necessarily. So that said, who does he compare to in your mind of guys in the big leagues or guys in, in the minor leagues right now who are I'm, towards I'm, the top of our list? I'm not worried about 6 foot
1: 170 right now because he's 17 and he's going to keep growing. He's not done. I don't know how many 17-year-olds you know who are done growing. So we'll see what he is.
0: I know lots of 17-year-olds that are done growing.
1: I guess Carlos Tochi, more or less. <laughs> <I'm just kidding.
0: laughs> and I love Carlos. So don't... I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I think that that's the the natural question with a, a prospect like that. I'm a
1: short right-hander. You've got short righties from not in this country, in the in the big leagues. You've got Giordano Ventura. You have Johnny Cueto. You have... Uh, edinson volquez uh and we going to go to american we have tim lincecum uh we have tim hudson we have marcus stroman um, you can succeed if you're six foot 170 well and again he's going to get bigger he's i assume he's going to eat food from now until he's 22 Breaking. Stop. breaking breaking food will be consumed <laughs> um, so we'll see we'll we'll start worrying about his measurements once he's done being measured
0: yeah i, I think that's a good call i think uh that's an exciting profile. Um, yeah, it's yeah. the best. It's the most exciting prospect I've seen all year. Interesting, interesting. Who who would be be second on that list? I wonder. And in terms of the the pitching prospects you've you've that I've eyes seen, on that I, have to, I have, to have, have to have seen them that this you've, year.
1: You've seen this year. I mean, Giolito's is probably up there. I, I think it's probably him. Even though I still have concerns about fastball command with him, but I mean, the raw stuff is un, unquestionable. So when you say this year, you're talking about from. Sprint opening days spring training, day to, uh, sprint sprint training, training to, on. Yeah, okay. I, I haven't seen Severino this year. I'll see him on Wednesday when he's pitching in the major leagues, and it's well documented how much I love Luis Severino. Another six foot right hander. Uh, so I think I just found out I have a type. Do you like anyone taller than six foot? As a five push person who's five foot seven, it just gets intimidating. But <laughs> I mentioned Giolito, I think we, we'd we'd uh, we'd feel bad if we called him a six foot right hander.
0: Oh yeah, that yeah, that's true. That would mean you cut, cut off his feet. About five six inches. Yeah, you, you cut him off at the ankles, and he's six foot. I don't think he'd be as effective without ankles. Wouldn't be bad That's though. A bold, bold statement. Wouldn't there. be bad though. Um, but so six foot five, six foot six dudes. I saw one of those. Um, yeah,
1: I, I feel like I've heard this name from you before. I uh,
0: I don't know if it's a secret yet um, or, or still, but uh, Jason Groom is the the pitcher I'm referring to. Uh, left-hander from Barnegat, New Jersey. Uh, who has uh, a lot of a lot of interesting things, a lot to like about Groom. Uh, this is my fourth time seeing Jason Groom. Uh, the comps I've I've heard from scouts on him are uh, absurd uh, to the point where I don't I, I wouldn't put I wouldn't mention them publicly. Um, but this is a guy who's six foot six, wide shoulders. Easy, really easy arm action. Looks like he's playing catch, and then thump, 95. Uh, at East Coast Pro in particular, um, his breaking ball is a little bit better than what I saw uh, when he pitched on the Cape uh, about two weeks prior. Um, more consistently tight spin, really tight spin when he's burying it um, down into his glove side, which is obviously something you expect to see. Um but you know, this is a guy who, if he puts it all together, is is a frontline guy. Uh, feel for the changeup. Really, really good command to his arm side. Could really go down into his arm side, navigate that arm side of the zone really well. Uh, I I think this might have been the best performance I saw from him in, throughout the summer. Um, generally, that's what the, the sense I get from scouts is that this was his best performance. Um, Struck out. I believe it was five, maybe seven. Uh, I, I'd have to go look it up, but just dominant when he was on. And There are, sure, there are issues there. He's in, The fastball command is not elite right now, but he's not even 17. He turned 17 in the end of August. So he'll be one of the youngest, if not the youngest, players in our BA 500 when it does come out, um, which we're quite a ways away from that. But super young, super good right now. Ceiling, I mean, cathedral ceiling. Empire State Building ceiling. Ooh, yeah, Sears Tower. Sears Tower is taller than the Empire State Building. That's know. what
1: I'm going. I'm getting bigger here.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I'll go Sears Tower. About that thing in Dubai. It's um, really tall. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it off there. Okay, so we're not
1: talking what Clayton Kershaw wishes he grow grow up to be, because that's that ceiling. That's
0: that ceiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who? <laughs> what? Is, what is that? Brandy Johnson? Is mean, that that building Chris, in Dubai?
1: You mean Chris Sale? <laughs> I think John Rauch Is that is that building in Dubai? Oh, so now we're just talking about tall, tall pitchers. Dudes. Okay. Yeah, Luke
0: Um Yeah. How's he doing? Is he still pitching? I don't think so. He's he's got to be on the the. You have like a computer right there. Um, you're you're selling out on the podcast Magic and Mystique. Yes, boys and girls, uh, this hmm. is comp- accomplished through a computer. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder, where is Luke Van Miel, Luke Van Miel, right? Where is he located? <laughs> uh, he last pitched in Affiliated Ball in 2013, so... Uh, I, but I do feel like he's on the Dutch national team. As well, he should be. So, other, other fellas to talk about, position player-wise. Um, we, can, we can stay with pitchers, but f- first I would like to note with the, with the
1: GCL... I periscoped the second inning of uh, Espinoza's start, and I got 75 viewers at the peak, which was probably quadrupled the amount of people in the stadium who weren't coaches. So there's, that's, that's how well-attended GCL games are, if you didn't know. You can go there. It's free. You can get a good look at guys who are you know, unknown. You're going to see some big arms. You'll see some tools. You'll see some pretty bad baseball. You'll see some recent draft picks and you'll have run-of-the-mill, and uh, generally the players are pretty accessible. So, you know, go, go to GCL games. They're fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's another element to this. I, I think um, I really like the sort of small atmosphere, the romantic atmosphere of a game. When, uh, if you're following a, a player, say, an amateur player in the spring, and you show up to, say, Eric Jenkins was the guy this spring who I went to go see out towards Wilmington, North Carolina, just like small back roads, kind of middle of nowhere, you walk up to a field, there's not a lot of people there, and it's just that, I mean, I don't know, that's just I sort think of
1: romantic thing. might be a different word, because I don't, I don't know about you, when I think romantic, I don't think a hundred degrees, no shade, children playing tag in front of you. Well, then... then <laughs> Whimsical might be the word I would use. <laughs> romantic this is a little different <laughs> that uh, that's literally what was happening at the GCL game there was a father loading his children up on soda and Doritos and they were running around the the crows nest playing tag hmm. ideal atmosphere <laughs> but anyway go see GCL games
0: yeah go see GCL games it's cool yeah it's fun
1: or AZL games which are played in big stadiums
0: AZL games yeah I mean but we, if we say that then we're getting away from our east coast bias well,
1: Maybe you are. I'm from the West Coast, son.
0: Uh, Yeah, but you've been here for a long time. Yeah, but not as long as I was on the West Coast. Um, that's a a, an interesting thing. I will actually break away from our my East Coast bias this coming week. I'll be out in Long Beach for the Area Code Games. Um, If any of our listeners would like to come say hi, I'll be there uh, from the fourth to the eleventh. So, or to Michael Lananna, or to Mike Lananna, he'll be there as well. Uh, Bill Mitchell is going to stop by. Uh, He's not gonna stop by. He's gonna be there. Mike so, Mike Lanana
1: is the one with the rugged beard. He looks kind of like the brawny guy if he were younger. Um, I'll be the
0: most handsome one. But, no, just fact. Alrighty. All right. <laughs> let's move on. Let's talk about baseball. <laughs> People, if you wanna really get excited about something on this podcast, it should be the baseball. I'm not gonna get into any anything more than just baseball. Let's. All right. Who who is your your top position player that you saw in in terms of the conversations you had with scouts leading up to it, and the actual excitement uh, when you got to the field? I mean, I wouldn't say I had too many conversations with scouts about this guy, but Willie
1: Adamis for the Rays was really, really good. Um, He's got pretty good range at shortstop. He's got an arm. Like I tweeted, you'll see an error in his box score on 28th, I think, on a throwing error. You'll have to take into account that he made it from the seat of his pants. And it, you know, if if he it's it's on target, he gets the runner. Might have not been the most wise throw in the world to make, but he showed off the arm strength and the willingness to throw from his butt. Um, he's 19 years old. The willingness
0: or the, I mean, again, it ultimately it's on tar- was an error.
1: So right, if it's on target, he gets him. I think it was a, it was an okay decision. The throw was in time. He just didn't get it accurate.
0: So it's not a hair on fo- fire high A shortstop that we're talking about here.
1: No. No, this is this is a special player. This is a precocious youngster. I'm just teasing you to get, get it out of you. I'm not disagreeing at all. No, this is this is a nice guy. This is good. This is the most energetic ball player I've ever seen in my life, especially mm. with the media. So to set the scene, we in the clubhouse there at at Charlotte, you're not allowed to go into the clubhouse. You have to have someone go get the player. So we talked to the starter, German Marquez, Herman Marquez, who was very good in his own right. Um, And then we sent the guy back in to get Willie and waiting there. All of a sudden I hear and he's literally running out of the clubhouse, squealing like a small child. (laughs) Okay. I've never seen anybody excited to do a a interview before, but he was very excited. And I don't know why the interpreter was there. He was almost fluent in English um, and he answered every question. What I believe was honestly, you know, we asked him, you know, you were traded this time last year. Were you thinking about it this year? You said, yeah, I was thinking about it this year. It happened once before; it could happen again. This is a business. Said, oh, wow, that's especially awesome for a 19-year-old to say that. I cried last year; I didn't want that to happen again. You know, we asked him all sorts of questions, which you'll see, which are on the website right now. Oh, um, we, we did ask him. Uh, now that David Price is going to be in Lakeland, since he got you know do, do his spring trainings in Lakeland, since he got traded to the Tigers, are you anxious to face David Price? Said, yeah. I want, to look for, I want to look for early fastball and I want to drill it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, and he does have power. He's got an approach at the plate. He's got an idea. He's got a, a, a bat path that I think uh, portends future ability to hit for some average. And he's definitely got power. He drilled a ball to center field that almost went out for a triple. And he drilled a ball, another ball that almost went out and he got a double off of it. Kind of landed at the base of the wall. Uh, Michael Johns, the Port Charlotte manager, could not stop raving about him. He's 19 years old, and I think that was that was the big key to the David Price trade, uh, from the Rays to the the Tigers last year. Tigers <clears> to <throat> the Rays?
0: Yeah, that way around. Um, yeah, no. and Rays to the... T- well, well, Adama... Pri- yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. We're getting the bogged t- down in semantics. semantics. <laughs> okay.
1: And unison. Uh, so who but, did you like at East Coast Pro? Who was a uh, position player?
0: Uh, position player, I, I've been texting with scouts a lot over this, the past couple of days, uh, Kind of just try to gi- digest the event. Um, it's it's hard because at this level, there's a lot of pop over polishes is, is the way I like to describe it. There's you'll see uh, guys who have potential to develop loud tools, um, and then you'll see guys who are less toolsy but more skilled. Um, the, the my my top position player at the event at just this event, not not necessarily the the entire class that I've seen thus far, uh, would be Carter Keboom, uh shortstop prospect from Marietta, Georgia. Um, I had one scout compare him to this year's first overall pick, Dansby Swanson, um, which is another Atlanta suburbs prospect who obviously went to school, went to college and developed into a first overall pick. Um, but Carter Keyboom moves pretty well at shortstop. Uh, People seem to think he's going to stick there, above average arm strength. Really good timing at the plate. Uh, Didn't really, the the contact in game, and he was only there for a couple days because he did have to, he's a member of the East Cobb Yankees program, which is kind of a a cool thing they do. They're very team-oriented, so it's not, you're not going off to, this and that event while they're playing games, they made it to the Connie Mac World Series, and so the whole team is there. They pick their team, and you have to be there, which is a commendable approach in a travel ball system that is kind of not always the most friendly. And not not friendly is probably not the the right word, but not always the most team oriented environment. And it is oftentimes, but so so Key Boom didn't really have. A great uh, game performance, not bad by any means, but um, he's better than, than what, you know, if you only saw him for those seven, six or seven at bats, he's better than that. Um, bat speed from the right side. He actually also is a switch pitcher, um, which it, seems to be coming he, more he, and he more didn't... in vogue. It certainly is. He didn't do it in game, and it, I don't think he has um, any designs on doing that at the next level. Uh, but for his high school, I, I would imagine he'll probably do that. Uh, he has done it in the past. Um, just a, a dynamic, all-around athlete who has a, a chance to develop into uh, a really solid all-around player. We've got switch pitchers,
1: a couple of. We have got P- Pat Vendetti, the Godfather. Well, I actually, I guess Greg Harris is the Godfather. Pat Vendetti is the next in line. We've got uh, Brian Perez, right? We got Brian
0: Perez. I, I believe, at least for now, he's reverted to just being. Left-handed, but he can, and uh, yeah, and then we got your guy here. we I think the well, next there's year. Carlos Cortez, is another player in this class, a guy who's really kind of interesting. Bat, bat first prospect, but throws left-handed in right when he's in the outfield. He throws left-handed when he's playing second base. He throws right-handed, throws right-handed when he's catching, um, and he's a switch pitcher. That was my next question. Are we going to see a switch
1: fielder in vote where you got a ball hit to the shortstop? And depending on which way it's hit, he can flip his glove to one side or the other real quick and then throw it with the opposite arm. Uh, I, that, that'll that be the next frontier. That'll be the next thing, I guess. Can yeah. you imagine the, the range factor that guy will have? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. If it, seriously, that would be amazing if a guy could perfect that.
0: Yeah, you, it would be. <laughs> um, if I said this a few years ago about a switch pitcher, you would have dismissed me. Yeah, I, I guess that's true, but... He had a six-finger glove at shortstop. And... But, I mean, the, the other thing, uh, Aubrey McCarty at Vanderbilt is another one who I don't know if he threw left-handed this year, uh, but he's got legit potential uh, as a, a right-hander, who's also a, you know, a hitter and a switch hitter, a position player as well. Um, but
1: That's always fascinating to me. It's like a, uh, Phil Mickelson is a lefty golfer. His nickname is Lefty. And um, he does everything else right-handed, but he golfs left-handed. Which I just think is—I don't know how—I don't remember the backstory there, but I think it's fascinating that he's a world champion, upper crust elite of the elite golfer with his non-dominant hand. Hmm.
0: Imagine how good he could be with his right-handed. That's an interesting one because I think in baseball there's there's certainly an advantage to training yourself to use the opposite hand. Um, in golf, I would wonder There's what, what the, is the advantage to being left-handed.
1: I don't, I don't think there really is one necessarily. But the only time I can think of being ambidextrous coming up uh, to help you is if you hit a ball into the woods and you're kind of have a tree on one side of you, and you can't, your your swing is obstructed from one side. If you can turn around and swing the other way,
0: so that's if you're ambidextrous though. Yeah, I mean if you can do so, it, it's, it's if a you're one simply sh- left-handed,
1: then the same, it's just going to be. It's a, it's a one-shot basis. Yeah. It, 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 if you're an elite golfer, this shouldn't come up very often. If you're me, at least 12 times around. <laughs> um,
0: Where are we? Uh, we are
1: at Carter Key Boom, um, and I think we were going to switch to Brent Honeywell, yeah. who, who was very, very good. You know, throws th- through a fastball up to 95 miles an hour, uh, and a, a decent slider if I remember correctly. Um, and of course, there was his magic screwball. Which, as it as it did against uh, Burlington last year, befuddled the Dunedin Blue Jays. And this is a guy who's not just a screwball; he's got you know legitimate stuff. And there's a reason he was listed on our
0: top fifty midseason prospects this year. He... Was he number one in the in the race system, or was it Domis? I think it was Domis, Then was... Honeywell. Let's look at it because I
1: have the sheet right here. And forty one was Honeywell. Forty two was Snell. Adamis was This is Thrilling Radio.
0: I have it here. Honeywell was number one. It was Honeywell Snell Adamis and there were seven others if you want to go to baseballamerica.com. Yeah, you do want to go to baseballamerica.com. <laughs> but so back, so back to Honeywell, not not just the not just the gimmicky screwball guy, legit stuff across the board. And obviously. Fastball,
1: fastball breaker change up screwball s- screwball. Scurve ball the ball that has scurvy on it. <laughs> you need some vitamin C when you're done with your bath. Yeah, some
0: vitamin C on the ball beforehand.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, yeah, he was he was very good. Um, he's got a chance to be a major league starter and at the middle or better of a rotation. I think probably the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very good. Sean Reed Foley was okay. He's big fastball for a while. It looked like he was gonna dominate for a while. This looked like it was gonna be about an hour and a half game mm-hmm. the way they were pitching, but then. Uh, Honeywell lost the strike zone, or lost the command a little bit, and lose the strike zone. He got too much of it for a little bit. And Richard Uranus said, "Hello, I'm going to hit another home run." Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Reed Foley lost command too, and you know th- got a little emotional about it um, and got chased. I I didn't see anything that really wowed me from from from, from Reed Foley. I think he's serviceable. He's better than serviceable. He's, a, he's good. He's just not not He, has,
0: he has potential. Right. Um, but it's not quite there yet. Is it's that not, what you're saying? Yeah.
1: It's not, that, it's not something that made me you know, jump out of my seat.
0: And w- with that said, he's one of the few Blue Jays pitching prospects that didn't get traded. Yes.
1: They traded like 12 prospects at this
0: deadline. P- pitching prospects. 12 pitching prospects. I don't think they traded a single position player. And, and so... I mean it's an interesting it's a bold strategy card. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, the system they they went for it, which I I I applaud. If you're going to go for it, go for it. Yeah. Don't I mean, you know, if you do one or the other, don't do one or the other. Don't do halfway. Yeah. And and
1: so don't just get Troy Tulowitzki. What is this?
0: <laughs> well, I uh, they th- they think they're in a dangerous position, really. I mean, I mean uh, dangerous to the rest of their division. They're a team that had the best offense in baseball um, got better offensively, um, and David Price—he's pretty good. He's decent at pitching. Yeah, so they're going to be really fun to watch down the stretch. But to that end, you were down there hunting down minor league games at a time when guys were literally about to be traded. Yeah, I went to. I'm doing a story. It's I don't know when it's going to appear because I have to write it. At
1: uh, BA.com, at some point, about kind of the human side of the trade deadline, which it's kind of easy to forget in this age of player to be named later. And such a and such guy was traded for three minor leaguers, that these are guys with names and feelings and lives and mm-hmm. families who are uprooted at the drop of a hat. I mean, I, it's kind of hard for me to picture being just an asset in that way a tradable, movable, fungible asset to a company. BA is not going to trade me to. I don't know, what's we got across the street? Quintiles here. Or Canon. Or Canon. i can going to trade me to the Canon company. got be useless at the Canon company. <laughs> I can barely operate the biz hub. Um, can't, they're not going to trade me and get anything back for it or you know, nothing like that. Not going to trade you. Nothing like that's going to happen. But that's going to uh, happen. I don't
0: know. I'm, I'm a professional. It's a business. Uh, the people in charge, they, they do what they think they can to make the organization better.
1: Yeah, but you're a 10 and 5 guy. they got to come to you first. <laughs> <laughs> you work 10 hours a day, five days a week. Uh, I don't
0: I don't think that's accurate
1: all right five hours a day ten days a week uh,
0: so, <laughs> you, so, so you saw prospects that got traded <laughs> uh, yes Alberto Tira, Alberto Torado
1: yes Alberto we discussed it, it was it was Alberto uh, Torado um, he for me compares it, I don't say compares he's in the same phylum as Nefio Gondo in the Philly system a big arm with big stuff and, you know upper 90s gas I saw him up to 98 with a dirty slider that our intrepid Vince Lara Sinisomo made into, I probably think, our most viewed GIF of all time on Twitter, uh, so much so that the Phillies' first-rounder, Cornelius Randolph, retweeted his new teammate, uh, throwing the world's filthiest slider at,
0: uh, I don't remember who it was. Um, Right-handed hitter, and he it was flailed at it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it started looking like it was going to be pretty high, much down the pipe. Yeah, high and down the middle, and it wound and, up in the other batter's box. Yeah, um, which it'll it'll be interesting if he could harness that Yes, in the
1: strike zone. Case in point, the first inning, he went one, two, three, like, you know, hot knife through butter. In the second inning, the butter won. Uh, it was walk, walk, walk. He left. Next, I gave up a grand slam while I was walking up the stairs.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's, I mean, we're... In this line of work, every player we see can be nitpicked. I mean, it's just the nature of the game. This isn't a nitpick. This is Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, this is as close to Jekyll and Hyde as you can see. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I mean, my point is this is the minor leagues. Yeah, they got another guy in the same trade. This is why he's not in the big leagues. Right. And that's why it's he used to be a starter and now he's a reliever. It's not a... It's not a plus pitch right now, because, I mean, how could it be a plus pitch if it's not competing in the zone and showing that kind of stuff consistently?
1: Yeah. Um, And he got another guy in that same deal. I didn't see him. He was in New Hampshire. I'm not not going from Florida to New Hampshire on the same trip. Um, Named Jimmy Cordero, who's touched 100 this year. But the same idea. He needs a second pitch. needs command. They took two lottery tickets for Ben Revere, essentially. Um, And they lost Hyrule Labor, a futures gamer. Um, Labor of love. No, that's the show with uh, Labor Flav from MTV.
0: <laughs> um, that's a deep reference. Uh, well, I don't know a like flavor Flave is deep. <laughs> you don't think he's a he's an intellectual? No.
1: <laughs> in any case, um, Labor was dealt right before I was to, I was going to see Labor versus uh, Luke Weaver in Dunedin, uh, and Labor was traded the night before. And it rained, so I didn't get to see anybody. It was sunny, 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 then all of a sudden the skies opened up, and before you knew it, there was a lake in the middle of the center field, and there were literally seagulls swimming on it. So That's that ga- what you want. That game was over very quickly. Uh, but I talked to Luke Weaver, and I talked to uh, L.B. Dantzler, another guy on the Dunedin Blue Jays team, just about what it's like to, I mean, Luke, uh, Rob Kaminsky uh, of the Palm Beach team was with them the night before and found out on the drive to Dunedin that he'd been traded to Cleveland for Brandon Moss. And so he had to break his, the news of his own trade, essentially. Um, it's kind of weird to just be among your teammates and just sitting on a bus driving to the next place and find out, oh, I have to report to Lynchburg, Virginia.
0: Drop me off here, guys. Yeah, I, I gotta I'll go. i Uber back to the hotel.
1: I gotta go north.
0: Yeah, that's, that's rough. I mean, ultimately it is, it is a business. And I think that many of the guys, as they get up the ladder, begin to realize that, um... But in those really low levels, um, I, I'm not sure if it's completely understood that you could be uprooted. The the teammates you've been with since you were in the GCL, the DSL, you know, those you could be separated from. You have, could have to start over in a, a new place with new teammates and people you don't know and, and coaches that don't know you.
1: Or think about this. way: there, I was noting it to one guy. It's the point where we've gotten into this cycle where prospects are less in vogue to just keep a handle candle on. They are. There was a ton of prospects. I think I said like seven or eight of our top fifty were dealt at this deadline. Um, Anybody can be dealt at any time. It seems like Trey Turner. We drafted you from the Padres, um, and we're and you're going to be dealt before you start your first full season. As the player to be named later, Uh, Jeff Hoffman. We really like you. We're going to give you seven figures. Boom! You're a Rocky before you even get a chance to establish yourself as a Blue Jay. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not just guys who who are less in favor in the organization. Anything bolted down can be traded. International slots, top prospects, mid-level prospects. Well, that, that's tickets.
0: that's something we brought up and we did get clarification on. Um, oh yeah, was Lucius Fox because jill sherman reported that he was brought up in rumors he was in in talks and he he signed his contract uh a month ago today as we're recording this so but he is a-
1: what's so special about hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar